Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. I hope you're doing well. This morning, I have an important message to share with you in light of recent events that have put a spotlight on race and racism. And this is a serious topic, but my hope is that you will hear the heart of God in it and his love for each and every one of us. Like many of you over the last few weeks, I've been watching the events of the world unfold and we've collectively witnessed the depravity of mankind and the lows that we are capable of sinking to. And these blatant acts of violence can very easily spiral us into hopelessness and despair, especially with the added stress of being separated from each other through this pandemic. But it's in my experience that when we face giants that seem absolutely insurmountable, you know, like giants like racism, inequality, injustice, when we actually face these foes, it verifies the fact that there is only one undefeated champion. There is only one person who can win this battle, and that is Jesus. The world needs Jesus now, and that we as his ambassadors are called to be his agents of change. And the church needs to rise up as the antithesis of the hate that we're witnessing. So why do we need to be paying attention? Because silence and indifference ignores our distinct calling to love our neighbors, our calling to demonstrate the love of Jesus, our calling to demonstrate the love of our Father, our calling to demonstrate the expression of peace that the inward dwelling of the Holy Spirit brings to this world. It's a calling that all believers must carry. Now, today's message is going to be a little bit different, and it's going to be a bit challenging. So, if you don't want to be challenged, or, or you don't want to potentially change your points of view, feel free to leave this video now. There's a lot of other great videos out there that are available to you just to click away. But please, before you do, consider the fact that the world is protesting the injustice of a black man being murdered. And this happened while the world was watching, while we are alone, secluded in our homes. Maybe we can consider that God wants us to address this in ourselves. He wants us to pay attention to the actual pandemic of hate that has plagued our humanity for far too long. Galatians 3.28 says this. It says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, Greek Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you were to take Paul for his word in this letter, we can come to the conclusion that one of the rules for the church is that we are unified across racial, economic, cultural, and political lines. Only when the church embraces diversity will we be the light that God has designed us to be. Only then will the church impact a world of lost people for the kingdom of God. For today's message, I, I felt the only appropriate way to talk about racism was to actually engage and, and discuss the issue with black men who, although have not faced the same brutality that George Floyd faced, they have experienced discrimination based solely on the color of their skin. And that's right here, right in Canada. These men are not just my black friends either. They are men of mature faith whom I know very well, who I trust and have grown up with in the Apostolic Church. They are my friends, but they are also exceptional Christians and have very important insight to, to how the church should be reacting in the reality that we're facing today. First thing I wanna kind of ask is like, you know, I'll go around here and what was your feeling, you know, when you first saw, I don't know if you even watched the video of it happening, but how did you feel when you even just heard about it? I was in a, it was a, an emotional roller coaster. Still am, you know, and I'll be quite honest. I, I went from being angry, you know, uh, seeing the images, seeing um, the, the narratives trying to be changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seeing like uh, articles that come out to be like, oh, well, he may have had this in the system or whatever, whatever, or he did this. That angered me because I'm like, here we go again as, as a black person. Um, and then a, 
the sadness, you know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of situations that happened, but this one really tugged at my heart and made me cry, like really ball, because I'm like, wow, this is very, 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 very sad as a human, human life and the way it happened. Um, and then a lot of recently, I've been seeing a lot of uh, hope where a lot of diversity and people standing together, willing to have these conversations. Um, I saw this thing of people walking down the street, I think in the States, and they were just singing the song Waymaker together and like harmonizing to it. Nice. And it was just above like the hate and the, the looting. It was just more of like, let's stand together and, and stand. So it's a, it's a, you're, you're up one day, some days you see things in your anger. I tried to stay away, and, but that's for me, it's been an emotional roller coaster. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't watch um, the whole video. I think it, I, it was just, it was something I couldn't stand to watch. It's, um, and I think it was just, it was, you know, a case after a case after a case. And then you have, you have this and, and it was just, um, yeah, it was overwhelming. It was dumbfounding. It was, uh, not just that it was recorded, but then it wasn't just that it was the one cop. It was like the cops around and, and like the, the callousness and the attitude that was going on um, with the people that were involved. I just, it was, and just thinking about like, like what is going to be the set off point? What is going to be the point where people look at this and say, this is, it's got, this is getting, it's too much in my face to, to, to let this keep going. And, uh, I just, you know, I just prayed that, you know, hopefully people would start to wake up and that this wouldn't get lost in like the me, uh, you know, another story and then moved on to something else. Yeah. So, yeah. I know for, for me, um, going back to, like Ferguson or Eric Gardner in New York, like for years there's been like flare-ups, there's been protests before. And um, even after the Ahmaud Arbery um, and Breonna Taylor, the killings, I know they're not all the same, but in a sense they're, they're all of the, of the same system. Like I was already kind of heightened. I was already upset. Like not upset in like a, just more like that this, nothing was changing. And like the George Floyd killing was just like, it was kind of like almost a confirmation of just how brazen the system, how brazenly the system is broken that an officer can kind of do that with his hand in his pocket. Right. And I think like as upsetting as it is for me, it's more like now at least it's getting people's attention, but this isn't anything new, you know, Um, like the numbers of, of police killings of black people in the States has been the same and black matters, black, black lives matters, has been around for years now. So I think like this feels now in a sense, I know that there's a lot of negative attention with how the, how some of the protests have gone at night, which I don't even really find are necessarily a part of the protest in a sense, but like um, this is actually broken through and I'm, I'm looking for real change. But my thing is that I, I think the real change comes from the heart. And like when I'm, what I'm hearing about like Christians going out there, whether um, black and all other races and, and, and origins, 
like it's Christians that I think actually need to be at the forefront um, because you need to change hearts. Yeah. Like you can change the system and you can change laws and that's great. Don't get me wrong. You need that. But like discrimination is still going to pop up if you don't start to change people's hearts. And uh, that's where like, I think that part is really important as well. Um, and I don't think that the media always covers that angle. Um, and I think like that's in a sense, that's where our job lies. But I do know when life is living somebody, that is not right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't need context to know that Absolutely. I should not murder someone or that somebody's life has value, no matter who they are. So long as they're a child of God, at this point, it's not a question of context. At this point, it's a question of just genuine humanity, That's just it. humanity. That's it. That's it. Level. You know, so we were sitting on the porch and he was playing it and the audio, the audio is what showed me it like it. So it was definitely a delayed reaction where, you know, and, and you heard the people screaming at them, you know, to get off him and, you know, him calling all, all that stuff, right? So, yeah. and, and both of us, he's like, my dad's like, I can't watch this anymore. I was like, I can't, like, so I never got to the end, you know? Yeah. Um, with sound, with sound. Yeah. That, that's what, that, that seemed to be the visual sometimes, you know, but yeah. So it, it, it shook me and, but it didn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me. So what do you think the church can do in this situation, or even I think it, what examples we have to set. I think it's uh, it starts with like you said, it's the tipping point of having a dialogue, yeah. Um, having this conversation in church, you know what I mean? Like having um, different generations, and it could be in like a small group aspect, or it could be in a auditorium with everybody. But I think the dialogue, and it's not just against. Okay, yes, it's 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 happening against for sure of black people. But understanding, because there's a lot of black people that go to different churches, right? But understanding what the reality is for that individual um, and, you know, standing for the injustice together, sort of what Jesus is all, was all about. And, yeah, yeah. and when I read the Old Testament, it's just like standing mm -hmm. for that. But I think number one thing, and that's why I'm, I was happy to get your, your text today, because I'm like, that's where it starts. You know, a lot of people get scared to have the conversations because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. But the first thing you got to do is have the conversation. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. But if we can have that and change people's hearts, which Dan says, and change people's maybe, you know, understanding. Like when you hear, uh, you know, and you hear somebody from your community and your church community uh, that went through something or that goes through something, their perspective can fully understand where they're coming from and likewise to us i can understand a different perspective of another race or a white guy that tells me his his understanding once we have that understanding there's a big huge support system that we have together as christians yeah. and we can you know you know i don't want to speak too long but i think the first thing is the the dialogue we have to be honest and i think you every congregation has to look at you know their body and their people and 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 make the do the work think about what it is how we're going to do that it's not a there's not a uniform answer for each congregation but there it does start with talking about it and 
being conscientious about it and making that effort and being being um, active in, in looking for an answer and a response. Uh, I do think the church needs to be at the forefront of this, though. We have the answer. Jesus is the answer. That love that he's constantly working on us and teaching us is what's failed in, in, uh, in people and allowed this situation to continue. And I think having um, the church really putting themselves out there and, and doing, what the, doing what Jesus did, like, I think sometimes we, we think about all the wisdom that Jesus said, but often when you hear the, the starting of his wisdom, it, the, the story start off with, and he was at the this church having discussions and having back and forth with the priests and the other people there. He was having the discussions. And then they highlighted, the, the apostles would highlight, you know, something that they felt was appropriate for, for a message that they needed to do. But he had these constant regular discussions with people and so that they that they uh that's what the church needs to start with but then it has to ultimately become an action like we have to find a way of having an action it doesn't have to be going to the protests but it can be going to a protest it doesn't have to be donating financially but it can be donating financially it ha you 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 can just dedicate yourself to always thinking about the attitudes that needed to be corrected so that this situation doesn't happen anymore. And speaking of making sure that when you have conversations on your Sunday, that you're thinking about how that this heart is existing in people and possibly ourselves and giving that message out there deliberately. Like, I think the problem is we don't want to be uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable to think about this and then deliver a message of love. You think it's the two don't go hand in hand, but no, love gets uncomfortable to have the to to deal with a situation when it calls for it and this situation calls for that that's excellent yeah no i'm 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 with you guys like it's the conversation is huge and one of the other things that we're we're hearing about is like or people are saying that people need to listen i think one of the things that we need to teach people is to reflect on themselves um, and find their bias and in a church like what we have to do is be realistic about what your congregation looks like um, what their experiences in in dealing with black people or people of color in, in general and then say like I know that there's a lot of people that are worried about like oh I haven't done enough or you know I'm a part of the problem and I, I think like some of that isn't bad but some of that it, it, it turns people to just feeling guilt and I don't think that's always what people should feel I think what people should feel is like okay what in me can I do and as a church what we need to do is equip people with how to reflect and how to recognize their bias. So like, uh, have, have I thought about black people a certain way? Do I treat black people a certain way? Do I, and then you could expand from there. Um, but I really think it's teaching our congregation to think about this. And that is having conversations, but it's them in their private time, looking back on their life, looking back on their attitudes and saying like, you know, what is it that I feel? Do I have, um, do I have bias in me that makes me discriminate? Because the reality is we all have biases, but does it turn into our, to action? And we need our congregation to be people that can look at themselves um, because we can't really change other people with just words. It's going to be action and their actions are going to follow what their heart wants them to do. And they need to examine their heart and see what's in there and see what changes might need to be made. So I think, I know like in, in a sense, that's almost a, uh, like a, a vague answer, but I think it's a, a thing that pastors should be in a sense, talking to their congregation about is, you know, 
have you examined your heart? Because some people are, depending on what news they watch, what media they consume, they could be they could be looking at this at a totally different angle, like thinking about the looting, thinking about the violence, not thinking about the core matter. And we need people to think about the core matter and what they can do starts with themselves. And then you can orient it, orientate them to action afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What 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 I would say to that is like, okay, if the church is going to speak about it, then take a position and talk about love, or go all out and teach teach the truth. Don't hide from the truth, right? Don't hide from the fact that there were people who came and caused atrocities mm. to an entire generation. Don't hide from the fact that they did it. Not to hide from the fact that yes, you have had history, but it's to say, can I show love to another human being? Mm -hmm. Just because they're made in the image of God. Yeah. yeah. No matter what it looks like, no matter where they're at, whether they are drunk, whether they're dragged out, whether they're thugs, how can you show love to a person who's seeking and looking mm -hmm. for love? Yeah. How does that look like? That's the conversation that church should be having. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was, church was the bubble where, uh, or, or, or like I'd go and be built back up, put my armor on to go back out to war. Like that's what church was to me. Right. So you're, you go into the grinder, which is real life for seven days or for six days. And then you come to church to build back up to where you were. Right. So that church has always been, uh, a safe place for me so it's always been um you know uh, a place where i was able to find comfort and knowing that uh you know everybody took care of me in in you know in the church and growing up that way that was you know i i'm fortunate enough that you're you know that's what was my experience yeah so yeah. i mean it, it's still it's still it's to be welcoming to all non-judgmental, which is, is definitely tough. Like, and, um, you know, there's not saying there's no perfect churches, but, you know, at the end of the day, your, your goal is to strive, strive to be that beacon. It's, we're in a unique position. I think when we look at it, we can fear it. But then I think about how great our God is and, you know, the real true meaning of the gospel that he's paid it all. I don't have to live by the law. So I'm the first one to say the church is the one that has to lead the way. There's no law. There, there can't be a law that's going to change people's hearts. There's no. not going to be. There's not going to be a legislation that's going to happen to be like, well, we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's yeah. God's power that's going to do that, right? Yeah. And we're just the vessels to do that, to, to do that. And once we lay our hearts to say, God, we need only you, that's, I, 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 I believe with all my heart and soul, that's when you see revival and that's when you see real change. And we've been singing those songs, but we have the unique opportunity to let God work. Yeah. I say no more. <laughs> I'd like to thank Sammy, Daniel, Matthew, Terry, and NK for sharing with us today and giving us their insight so that we can empathize with the hurt that many, many people are facing today. Let's agree that as a church, we will be the ones who are the peacemakers. Let's agree that racism is actually sin, that discrimination against one of his children is abhorrent to him. Let's agree that we will cling to the scripture that we are all one in Christ. 
The church needs to be enticing people to an alternative way of living, be actually presenting glimpses of the kingdom of God. What does that look like? Well, while there is war in the world, there should be peace in the church. While there's poverty in the world, there should be exuberant generosity and giving in the church. While there's racism in society, there should be liberation, justice, and unity in the church. Let's be the bridge between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of the world. Today, I'm going to repeat the prayer that Pastor Jana prayed this week because I actually believe it spoke prophetically to the responsibility we have to call on God's strength in the world that we're living in right now. And it's from Jeremiah 20, verses 9. If I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it, and indeed I cannot. May we in these extraordinary days we are living in have the same heart as Jeremiah did, where we will not refrain from declaring your name, your greatness, and your omnipotence. May we have the courage and boldness to say without compromise that you are the only one who can change our world and the hearts of men and women. We are so conscious that we must get your heart. Only then can we speak heaven's influence into situations, human injustice, and hatred. One thing that burns within our hearts like a fire is the recognition of your love for all mankind. We repent of believing that we, in our mere humanity, can bring any change. We need your Holy Spirit to burn within us so that we can bring your love and your passion to our communities. We say yes to you today. We put aside our philosophies, our own favorite likes and dislikes, and instead pledge to follow you in your ways. We pray today that your Holy Spirit fire will come and burn in us so that we, the church, may be your change agents in our suffering world. We are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. We ask it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all and hallelujah. We will be seeing you soon. God bless.